Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. I always tell my girls, like, if you've done something before, you're confident you can do it again. Well, when you kind of get those visualizing reps in, you've seen yourself do it. So it just builds that confidence and really relates to your performance. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Hope you're doing outstanding. College wrestling is back. Big Ten season's rolling. It's an awesome time to be alive. My guest today is Victoria Francis, she was a 2019 world team member, runner-up at the 2016 Olympic trials, an Illinois native. What more do I need to say, folks? Enjoy this one. Fan of the week goes to my man, Luis Berrigan. That's at Berrigan285 on the gram. Looks like you're representing the Reno area, Tahoe area. One of my favorite places is Lake Tahoe. So thank you for the support, my friend. I appreciate it. If you want to support the show, please go to WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. You can find all past episodes as well as link to our online store, links to all our social accounts. That is the hub, WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. And that's it. Let's give it up for Victoria Francis. Victoria Francis, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We were just reminiscing. It's always great to have an Illinoisan on. Take us back to Litchfield. I heard in fifth grade you told your teacher you wanted to be the president. Can you confirm or deny? Yeah. Uh, I Sometimes I forget I ever did that, and I'm looking back like, why did I ever think that was you know, a thing? But I had told my fifth grade teacher, like, I wanted to be the first female president, which, um, you know, I guess I could still do it. I could still make that dream happen. I'm still in the running. But, uh, yeah, I even in fifth grade, I kind of wanted to do – great things, good things, uh, you know, give my best to the world. And in my mind, I guess that was president. That was it at the time. Now, <laughs> yeah. do you have uh, siblings or parents that are athletic and driven like that? Um, I have an athletic family, sort of like my dad, uh, you know, before he had kids, he, um, he did a lot of biking. He would, you know, go bike 40 miles, you know, and go do that. Uh, you know, he was, a, he was a police officer. So he was kind of fit uh, when he started. Um, my younger brother was also in wrestling for a couple years. Um, he's 
uh, he's so naturally like athletic, but he doesn't have like the the ambition. Like he's just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not much for sports, but you know, he's tall, big guy. So like everybody's trying to get him for football and he's just like, I don't play football. So, <laughs> but um, no, I'm kind of the only real major athlete in my family. Yeah. I can stick out. <laughs> and you know, I, I'm just, I'm guessing that Litchfield's a small town, right? Yes. Yeah. So my have... graduating class was 96 people. So there you go. So yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing they didn't have a lot of uh, female wrestlers on the team. What was your experience like getting into wrestling at an early age and then kind of on through high school? Yeah. So I started in middle school in sixth grade and I was the only girl on the team and I just knew it was hard. And I was like, but it wasn't, I felt like I could do it. You know, it's just like, I know I'm a hard worker and if all you need me to do is work hard, I can do that. Um, which is funny looking back my Milko's coach told me, he's like, I was trying to run you off. So we just ran like the whole first practice and you stuck with it. So I was like, yeah, I did. I, I mean, I did as I was told. Um, there was one year uh, in eighth grade where there was a girl on the team with me, but um, she didn't stick with it. Um, but yeah, it was really hard just being the only girl on the team. Um, I felt like some of the guys didn't want me there. Uh, they kind of told me physically in the room, you know, with a couple black guys and hard cross faces. And it's like, okay, I know you don't want me here, but because you don't want me here, I guess I'm going to stick it out just to make you mad. So it was definitely hard. Um, but thankfully, my dad got me into going to the girls tournaments with the USWA. And uh, that gave me a chance to be competitive against, you know, female wrestlers my size and uh, notice, you know, my progress, you know, even though I'm getting kicked, my butt kicked by boys on the daily. How so how often um, were you wrestling in all girls tournaments growing up? Um, so my first couple years, I just went to the Illinois once I'd go to one a year. Um, but after that, my dad started taking me to Wisconsin, to Indiana, and then Missouri, Kansas. And then my um, senior and junior year, I went to the nationals in Michigan. So I was getting like five to six uh, girls tournaments a year. I never did like the USA wrestling stuff just because it was expensive for him to get a coaching card, me and my membership. So we just stuck to the, that circuit and it, it worked out for me, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, you're one of the best in, in the world. And I mean, it's incredible to see how far, how far anyone's path can go, but especially you were at your early days in the pro in wrestling, we all know it's hard enough, but people are actively trying to get you to quit coming. And so, as you said that, I'm like, God, that, that sucks that there's an environment out there like that. And it's, it's yeah. kind of a bummer, you know, cause you want to be there and you know, why would you want, how would you want to be somewhere where someone doesn't want you? And so how did you process that? And we, as you were coming up, uh, did you harbor a lot of it or? I mean, it, it was definitely more of a motivation for me is like, you don't want me here. You don't think I can do this. Like I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, but even though it was like hard on me and this is kind of a mindset I've had, like even the past few years as I've seen women's wrestling growing is even though it's hard on me, at least it's opening the door to the next girl. So you know, my middle school coach, like I said, he was trying to run me off the first day, but now he's like one of my biggest supporters. And if the girl ever came across his room again, like he would understand that, Hey, girls also belong here. And, um, you know, it was hard on me, but I've opened those doors for the next girls to come through that room. That's so cool to think about it that way is that you, you kind of took the pain and punishment so that now hopefully other, uh, you know, young girls out there aren't experiencing that. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And so you're wearing a Life University sweatshirt, and I got to ask, because I thought it was, uh, it's super cool that there's this Women's Sports Foundation Fund, and you guys were the recipient of it. Um, Tell me a little bit about the program at Life University. Right. So I got connected with Life University in 2018 during my sanction. I met Ashley Sword and Christian Slavin, and they kind of took me under their wing and uh, became my coaches. I got to go out there, meet their girls. and it was really incredible meeting their team and just how their culture is there. It's always meeting other teams because every culture is a little different, but um, got to meet them and, you know, help out the program a little bit and train with them. And then uh, Women's Sports Foundation was offering the first year of the Tara Vandeveer Fund to help pay for women's coaching in the college level. Uh, Life won that, Life Women's Wrestling won that, and I ended up taking the position which was really cool because not only then were my, Ashley and Christian, you know, my wrestling coaches, but then they were my coaching coaches, you know, like showing me kind of the behind the scenes and the logistics of, you know, handling the team. Uh, we got to run WCWAs again that year. So that was a really cool experience to be on both sides of that. So it was definitely a really good experience for me. Um, I'm very grateful that I got to be part of that. And when you were at Lindenwood, was that an all girls team there as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lindenwood uh, Women's Wrestling was uh, kind of like one of the top three, top five teams um, when I was there for WCWA. Um, they kind of dropped off after some coaching changes, but there's there's still a women's team there as far as I know. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Now, I was just uh, I was just curious on, on that foundation award. So that paid for essentially your salary for a year. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Um, that's what it went to. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you were, you were coming up through the ranks and you were getting to, to more and more uh, all girls tournaments as a kid. One of the tournaments I wanted to ask you about was the 2014 junior worlds. Where was that at? That was in Croatia. And was that your first international trip? Uh, no, thankfully I uh, went to Germany, um, the Germany Austria tour earlier that year. Um, and then I think I, I also went to Mexico for Pan Am. So I had a couple um over, or I had an overseas trip and a couple internationals, but thank goodness. Cause that first one was just like, I was so nervous, so anxious, no, so nervous, didn't know what to expect. And uh, it was definitely eye opening, you know, going to a foreign country the first time, you know, flying with like, you know, the first kind of couple flights before you meet up with everybody on your own. So I was like nervous about that. And it was, uh, it was a really fun summer for me is a big step of growth. What was the biggest uh, kind of the, the, not the biggest, but your fondest memory from that first uh, 2014 Junior Worlds? Uh, shoot. I just remember getting the chance to kind of explore the city. We were in Zagreb, getting to explore, and it just felt like, all right, like I'm kind of getting grown now. Like I'm not, you know, on vacation with mom or dad. You know, it's like I'm out here with my cohorts and we're just, you know, checking things out and it's fun. And, um, that was just really cool. And then, you know, going out after the tournament to go, you know, celebrate and, you know, got pizza and ice cream. It was just fun to, you know, be with wrestlers and just having a good old time. That's pretty cool that, you know, once you're at that level, you're in a rare group of wrestlers that gets to travel the world and wrestle. And yeah. you've been doing that since 2014, which is crazy. You're a veteran of the tour now. Um, it's just, you know, when you look back, did you ever have any any ideas that you would wrestle this long and make a career out of it? Yeah. Like uh, once again, like 
going back, like, as long as all I have to do is work hard, like I can do that, like, I can always put, you know, the effort forward. So I feel like, you know, I have the ability to go long term. So even going through like, college years, I was like, yeah, 2020, 2024, like, that's, that's the plan. Um, in middle school and high school, I did not have that intention at all. I was like, high school, I'm done. Like, I'm not wrestling college, that's gonna be too hard. You know, I want to focus on academics, because I, I was definitely a nerd growing up and very academically, uh, you know, focused. So I didn't think, wrestling past high school was in, uh, in my future. But once I got on the college scene, I was like, yeah, this is, I can do this. Yeah. And you've talked a lot about the, the physical work is something you welcome. Uh, I'm always curious about the mental side of things. How do you, uh, how do you think about the mental game? Do you take time of the day to meditate? Do you do a lot of mental reps? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So that's been kind of something I've uh, gotten into the past couple of years. Cause like I said, like you were saying, I really just welcome the physical side and it's something my dad has always tried to like kind of build into me. He's like, you know, you should imagine or, you know, he just gives me like really good affirmations. Like if I see him, he, you know, like, you know, you believe you can win, you're going to win, you know, it's just kind of that positive uh, thinking. But yeah, I uh, try to meditate. I try to meditate daily. It doesn't always work out, but I like to meditate like right before practice. Like I'll drive to practice, sit in my car, five, 10 minutes meditate. And that just really helps calm me down and like kind of set that barrier of like, all right, whatever happened before is before now it's practice time. Uh, I do enjoy journaling. Uh, I think the more of that is just kind of like reflecting on the practice, reflecting on the day, you know, what went well, what needs to be done tomorrow. Um, and I, I love visualizing like visualization, like has been something I was able to utilize even during college, just getting those reps, even when you, you can't physically be on the mat or you have been on the mat and it's like, I need, I need more. It just helps give you that, uh, confidence. You know, I always tell my girls, like, if you've done something before you're confident, you can do it again. Well, when you kind of get those visualizing reps in, you've seen yourself do it. So it just builds that confidence and really relates to your performance. And so that's something you're teaching the, the girls you wrestle now, even. Yeah. At life. Um, that's one of my favorite thing to kind of help them with is like, Cause especially you get so much, you know, input on, you know, your strength conditioning and your technique and the math strategy. Like, I feel like sometimes in college, you don't get that, uh, open door to the mental side of things yet. So I try to really push that. Like sometimes I'll run a meditation before practice or, you know, just talk to the girls one-on-one, -on -one. like I was nervous before my match. I felt like I messed it up, but all right, well, let's work through this. So yeah, I like to work with the girls at life on their mental side of things. And if you're working with a, if there's a young wrestler listening to this and they say, okay, what does that even mean to visualize or how do I do it? Is it something where you pick a particular technique you're working on or do you just kind of close your eyes and whatever comes in, you work on that? I mean, it kind of depends. Like, uh, I do try to hit like reps, um, but I, I really enjoy visualizing match, you know, like walking out from, you know, the warm up area. I know my coach is behind me. I might see my opponent before me walking up onto the mat, you know, I like to run through a match a lot. And that really gets, gets my blood pumping because you're just in it. Um, you know, for some people, they like to see it, you know, first person, some people, I like to see it like third person. That's how I see visualization a lot. Really? Um, you do it third person? Yeah. Almost like as if someone was like videoing me, like that's how I see it. Um, I try not to, cause I've heard like it's better to do first person, but, um, I see it as third person a lot. I never um, even thought twice about that, that I just assume that everyone sees it the way they see it, but wow. So you're, that's, that's pretty cool to think about that. You know, like yeah. that's what you're seeing as like an overarching view of your, you walking out and, and so forth. 
Yeah. Like usually like walking out, like I can see that first person, but once it becomes action, like I start seeing it from like a third person view. Um, yeah. And then like some people like to think of it, like, uh, they have like weights in their hands. So it has to make them go slow. Like, so they have to like really go through the motion slowly and, uh, be in that moment for longer. Um, mine tends to get sped up cause I'm got adrenaline pump because I'm thinking about a match already, but, uh, you get yeah, that fired up from it. I'll do, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's why I like to do it before practice, uh, in college. Cause they're like, all right, I'm kind of tired. I don't want to be here. All right. Well, give me two minutes to sit down and just think about wrestling. So-and-so and I'm going to be ready to go. But, um, I got to yeah, ask, and I, sorry, go, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I do like to hit reps sometimes, like, especially if I just learned something new, it's like, and Christian always like, all right, got to hit hundred reps of this, you know, before we get anywhere good with it. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get 20 tonight before bed, just visualizing. So but you had a question. Yeah. 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 So you said, uh, you only have to think of a couple people to get you going. I got to ask, uh, I mean, is it, is it Adeline? Is it, is it Tamara? I didn't know what, what your weight was, but yeah. who, who are you focusing on? Oh yeah. So like now it's, I'm 76. So I'm thinking, you know, Tamara, I'm thinking, or not Tamara, sorry, thinking Adeline, thinking about Precious Bell, I'm thinking about Erica Weeb, you know, it's kind of those, uh, people who, I don't know. I think about them a lot. Like, just like, these are, you know, people I've got to go against. In college, I was thinking about uh, Iris Smith and Jackie Catalan because those were people I had wrestled, but I'd lost to. And it's just like, I got to get those people back. Yeah. So it's it's ingrained in the psyche and it gets you going. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> now, in 2016, you got second at the Olympic trials. You know, Adeline Gray was, you know, is obviously one of the best of all time, but she was really peaking at that time. Um, I, and this is a fair question. Going into the match, what were your expectations? Were you a realist or did you really think you were going to win that match as a 21 year old? I, I was thinking very realistically. Um, just, and I hate to say it, but like, I, I knew Adeline was good. I didn't think I was that great yet, but I did, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, like I always think every match is beatable. You can always score a point against somebody. It's like someone can always mess up. Everybody can have a bad day. So I did go in like with the expectation that there's still a chance to win. There's, yeah still a chance of when I could still hit, you know, big move and put it on her back and, you know, be done with it. That did not happen. And, uh, that's kind of fine. Uh, just cause I feel like at that point, I didn't even have an idea what the Olympics was. Like I had no idea how big Olympics, the Olympic trials were. I had never watched an Olympic games at that point. I just knew I wanted to be part of it. I was like, that's, that's the big thing. That's what I got to do. Um, so going into Olympic trials, I didn't even understand how big this was about to be. So, um, now I, I have a better understanding um, and I definitely have, I still have the realistic, of course, uh, attitude, but I'm very optimistic about this next set of trials. Oh yeah. I mean, it's no question. I think, <laughs> you know, when you look at your results and what you've put together, you're right up there, in, not even the U S but in the world. But I mean, to think that you got to the finals, the Olympic trials, I think you were 21, right? Or were you uh, 21, 22 All right. senior in college? I mean, most people never even get there. So you were, you were close to tasting Olympic, right. uh, you know, tasting the Olympics. And so you, you have that expectation to go back there, but obviously we gotta, I gotta ask you about 2018. You had to sit out a year and I read yeah. that you couldn't even work out with someone with a USA card. Is that right? Yeah. So when you get sanctioned, uh, by USADA, you, you lose so many resources. So I was, you know, living at the Olympic training center. I was, you know, world teams, I had a stipend coming in. I was set and, you can't, once you're under a sanction, you can't have USOPC resources. So I had to move out and I lost my stipend. 
you can't train with a U.S. wrestling event. So I couldn't go to camp. I couldn't train with anybody with the U.S. wrestling card. I couldn't coach anybody with the U.S. wrestling card. So I can't even like go coach, you know, a team or something, you know, for my year off of competition. So a lot of people just see it as like, oh, they can't compete for years. Like, no, like you get a lot ripped away from you and you got to kind of figure some things out, which it was definitely a hard year figuring out and maneuvering through that and still finding ways to train and get better. But it is what it is. No workout partners, though. Like you can't work out with anyone that has a USA card. That's to me the craziest part. Yeah, uh, I have the kind of hunt. And that's kind of how I got introduced to life is like, well, you guys aren't a club and now you girls have cards. So all right, I guess that, that works. It definitely worked out for me. Um, but yeah, I had to kind of find people in, you know, the Maryland area that I could work out with. Cause I was trying to go to an RTC cause I didn't understand, uh, how much restriction was being put on me. So I was trying to go train with Navy. I was trying to train with Maryland and realizing <clears throat> that that was not allowed. So definitely had to maneuver through that. So what was the, what was the, the low point? Cause I'm sure, and I've read that you've, you've, really use that year to turn things around and, and, you know, everyone hits that low point, but I mean, what was it for you? Was it just the loneliness or frustration? Yeah, there was definitely a bit of loneliness. Like I've always been kind of, you know, introverted and I don't need a lot of social uh, interaction, but it still was just like, man, I'm not around like any female wrestlers. I'm in Maryland. I don't know anybody here in general. So that was definitely hard. Um, I felt like my anxiety was starting to pick up um, just because I had so much uh, fear of other people's opinions of me. Like I didn't want people to be just see, all right, Victoria Francis under you saw a uh, violation or whatever uh, and think, oh, she's dope. And she's either this, that, and that. It's like, no, I promise. I just, I just messed up, took a bad supplement. Like, so I had just a lot of anxieties going on and uh, fear what was going on and it turned my MCL during all that. So then I couldn't even do, you know, lower body stuff. So it was just, it was definitely, a low point in my life. But like you said, I was able to kind of turn around and I kind of had that motivation again, like, all right, I'm not going to let someone else dictate my career. I'm not going to tell someone I can't do something. It's like, I can't do this, this, and this. All right. Well, I can do this and this and still make this work as best I can, you know? So, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the fear of what other people think is probably one of the most crippling things in the world, whether it's not putting out on Instagram posts, because I think people may not like what I'm about to say, or, or you don't want to leave a job because you're afraid of what people would say. It's, it's incredible, though, how pervasive that fear is. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I catch myself a lot, like, I'll be like doing something. I'm like, wait, why am I even doing this? Or why am I not doing this? It's like, well, that's, that's silly, you know, or uh, even just, even through this pandemic, I realized, like, I was thinking the day, like, uh, I put on some goofy outfit, but it was comfortable. Cause I was going to lift in my gym and nobody was here. And I was like, I should have been doing this all along. This is comfortable. This is, you know, I am able to work out and feel good, but I'm just doing it now because no one can see me. Like it's, it's wild to think about how much we care about people thinking of ourselves. Yeah. It's like, why wouldn't you do that all the time? You know, if you like, right, <laughs> right, exactly. So what was, what, what were you able to do during that year off? Was it a lot of stance of motion by yourself? Was it a lot of strength and conditioning? What, did, how'd you, how'd you fill your time? Yeah. So, I mean, still strength conditioning. I was just going to a commercial gym around here. Um, I was able to find people without a USA wrestling card and practice without, you know, uh, a USA wrestling club and stuff like that. So, but it was a lot of like, all right, well, this college guy has, you know, this hour period during the day and I can go on that, you know, that day and I might show up and they'll be like, ah, actually I have to go do an exam. And it's like, all right, like 
so it was, I had to be, I had to learn to be very flexible and just, you know, all right, what, well, what can I do now? All right, well, there's a bike here. I'm going to go do conditioning or, um, you know, yeah, I'm going to go do stance and motion. I've got a mat, you know, like let's use it. So it was doing the next best thing every chance I could, even if the best thing wasn't available at that moment. And then, like I said, learning to be flexible. Um, that was really hard for me. I was so used to, especially with OTC is like, we have the same schedule every week. Like you knew exactly what you're doing each week, easy to go. So that was, um, definitely learning time for me to be flexible. Well, you think about, like you just said, most elite athletes, and I'm sure you're back to this now, their schedule is so fine tuned and they have coaches helping Mm -hmm. them and you know, their diets planned out. And then when you're that variable, it could be. It can be stressful, but it also shows you that, hey, if you get to a tournament in Ukraine and the flight's two out, two days delayed and you got to go right now, you've seen some shit. So you can go right into it, you know? Right, right. Exactly. And I feel like I still, I'm still being flexible because um, like when I'm in Maryland, I kind of train with a couple different high school uh, club teams. And sometimes it's like I might get there and, you know, my practice, my people I usually practice with aren't, aren't there. And it's like, oh, shoot, like, all right, but I have this other club I can go to and they start practicing an hour. So it's um, I'm still flexible, but it is a little less variable than before, but it has, like, like you said, it's kind of built up my resiliency and it's like, I end up somewhere and it's like, all right, like I can still figure out what to do. Um, I remember we went to, uh, Italy and we were, the gym was going to be so much money per day pass. And I was like, well, I just need, you know, to kind of flush my legs, whatever. So I just went back to the hotel and was just doing stairs. So I was like, that's all I need stairs for 20 minutes and good to go. So it has kind of built that resiliency and just able to figure out what I need and make things work as I go along. Yeah. And you mentioned a little bit before that you have a, a home gem. I noticed you're sponsored by, is it stray dog strength? Yeah. Stray dog strength. Yeah. What they is, reached out to me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. They reached out to me. Um, I had actually signed up for one of their little giveaways through some other Instagram account and they're like, Hey, like, you know, we're kind of, you know, we're wrestling fam or, you know, I'm, I was a wrestler and we'd kind of like to sponsor you and help you with, uh, you know, your time leading up to 2020 or 2021 now. Um, so yeah, I have like a cable machine. I've got um, a landmine and, you know, I got a discount code if anybody ever wants to use it and get their own equipment. But I just love their equipment because we, like I said, we're in a home gym. Like my gym's literally right here in the living room and kind of have a low ceiling. And they Is it really? Custom height. Yeah. Here. Paying us over, paying us over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Dang. So my husband, husband made the rack and the platform and uh, we were able to get weights and all the bands in the world and I've got my sand bike over there and yeah it's my husband definitely is kind of the here my hero during this pandemic he made that and then he made me a sauna outside so um, what? what's the sauna heated by it's a sauna heater oh really he had to do all he had to do all the wiring yeah he bought a heater and he's ridiculous like I don't understand how he knows all this stuff about how to wire and plumbing and but I mean he's really good with you know construction but yeah he built me it's got i guess it's technically a nine-person sauna like you could put nine people in there hey no but big yeah. deal he just built me a nine-person sauna what <laughs> yeah i know like he's and the cool thing is so like we're gonna move in a couple years from maryland like he built it so like the walls just unlatch and we can just put it flat and travel tell him i'll take one but a two-person one for my for my studio here because yeah yeah, pretty, yeah that's pretty I'll put awesome. in order with him <laughs> i appreciate it well, um Man, that is so cool that, you know, a real handyman, my, my whole family, except for me, are like, you know, laborers, uh, handyman, mm-hmm. they can do anything. You know, my cousin, right. he built a rack just like that. 
And my uh, my mainly task before the day was, or for the week was putting up Christmas lights. That's about all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my tasks this week too. Yeah. Well, I got to say, you're that's and folks who are listening, that is truly your living room that you have this yes. badass gym in. You got the flag hanging up, the bands, all of it. Yeah, yeah. No, that used to be couch entertainment system, kind of like, eh, we don't watch TV in the living room anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> Is your husband a wrestler? He wrestled for like a year or two in high school, hated it. Really? Hated wrestling. Yeah, he's, uh, I always tell people, you hear the prank call, is your refrigerator running? Like my husband looks like a refrigerator running. He is a solid, sturdy man. He did a powerlifting in college, so that was his sweet spot. Does he still get on the weights and crank on them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, things are a little different now because he's got a crazy work schedule and he's also been fixing our whole house and we're flipping it, but oh yeah, he'll hop on there and just crank it out before he goes to work. And yeah, I love it. Big old strong man. Yes, he (laughs) is. (laughs) The last thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, you know, just kind of your, your routine now. I know a lot of people, at least I am fascinated by what people do on a daily basis. So I'm sure there are a lot of wrestlers out there listening right now that would like to know what someone of your caliber does on a daily basis during this, mm-hmm. uh, this crazy time right now. So what is a, what does a day or a week look like for you in your training cycle? Yeah. So within a week I get four lifts in and usually about five mat practices. So usually it looks like a lift in the morning, you know, wake up, have breakfast, sit and, you know, read or watch some TV, get my lift in, uh, do chores around the house. Uh, get a sauna session in. Um, I, I love going walking on this uh, trail that we got nearby our house, uh, a bike trail. I like going out there and walking and uh, playing some Pokemon Go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then come back home, maybe take a nap, do some more tours around the house. Uh, then I got practice usually in the evenings, ranging between 5 to 6 p.m., depending on where I'm going. And then I'm right to bed. Like 5 to 6 p.m. is way too late for me, but it's just what's available to me right now <laughs> yeah and go to bed and get some sleep so I, I keep it pretty simple that's so. I mean that's a, a minimalist lifestyle is is the one followed by many elite athletes and you know yeah. you know growing up you think about man an Olympic wrestler you know their day must be so exciting but really most professional <laughs> athletes their days are pretty chill it's like morning yeah. workout chilling during the day um and, and that could be video games Netflix whatever and then I practice at night and they do that every day for like the next six years. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's it definitely, uh, it's, you know, the routine is just keeping it simple. And I feel like some of us find our ways to change it up, you know, with traveling, like I love traveling and, you know, find another place to train and, uh, you know, mixing it up a little bit, but yeah, it is that, you know, just, it's the simple stuff done. Right. And how much of your time are you spending with graphic design these days? Uh, it depends, you know, like for, I just got done doing something for rest like a girl. And, uh, that was two hours a day for, you know, a week or two, just, you know, getting that done. I'm wrapping it up today. And then sometimes I go for a couple of weeks without a project and then it's like, all right, like I'm going to do something for fun. And then it's just, you know, I might pump out a, a graphic over the weekend or something just to fill my time. But yeah, it's not, it's not too much, but like when I have a project, it, it does, you know, take two hours out of my day. But like you said, it's, it's on my computer. I can go lay in bed and do it and, you know, relax, not physically tasking. So. So if someone needs a logo, they can shoot you a, a message and, and you're, you're open for business or you, you occupy. Yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not too occupied right now. If someone wants something done, I'll be happy to 
Okay. Give it a shot. Yeah. Well, I can always appreciate the side hustles and, you know, I think I'm fascinated by doing videos, graphic design, all of that kind of thing. Um, so I yeah. saw that on there and, and wanted to, wanted to inquire because I'm always uh, curious on what people are doing outside of the training world. Yeah, yeah, No, I, I love graphic design because like, it's just that it fills the gaps of my day a little bit and it's, and it's fun and it's a little artistic. So it's expressing myself. So I, I love that I've been able to take that up the past couple of years. Absolutely. Last thing for you, Victoria, is when are we going to see you back back out there again soon? Do you have any matches announced or you're open for, for matches? I'm open for matches. Anybody wants to have me, I'm happy to come out and compete. I'm hungry to compete. I, I'm excited to perform and go out and have some fun. Uh, I don't have anything on the schedule right now, so, but I'm, I've got, got my schedule wide open. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, it's been great to chat with you. I know we've exchanged some some messages and thank you for uh, being patient on my reschedule. <laughs> yeah, no uh, I, over, I overbook myself frequently. So it's always great to talk to a fellow Illinoisan and um, we're big fans of you here and just wish you nothing but the best. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for having me today. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.